Good morning. I want to thank you for joining me once again as we continue our study through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, This morning we'll be reading chapters 13 and 14. And what we're going to do is we're going to uh, be finishing up the book, not today, but tomorrow. And we're in Act Three of the Gospel of Mark. I will remind you that Mark wrote it in three different acts. The first one was in chapters 1 through the middle part of chapter 8. And it's really asking, who is this Jesus? And Mark is constantly giving the answer, this Jesus is the Son of God. The second act really comes in the middle of chapter 8 through unto chapter 10. And that really is asking the questions, well, what did the disciples think about Jesus? Who did they believe that He was? And they got it. They understood that He was the Son of God, that He is the Son of God. But they misunderstood some things about the kingdom of God and what Jesus was going to do to bring in the kingdom of God. Well, here we are in Act 3, and that's chapters 11 through 16. And what Act 3 really deals with is what is this kingdom of God? What is this kingdom? And as we have said, the disciples didn't really get it. They kind of had this idea that, that, that Jesus was going to be mixed up in, in, in all the, the politics of the age and that He was going to be taking uh, sides with kingdoms and with... Uh, with heirs and with all these sorts of things. And that's not what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to bring a sword that time. Rather, once the third act starts, we see that He comes humbly. We know that Jesus is going to die on a cross. That He comes zealous for the things of God. And that He comes and He's not quibbling over the affairs of this world. Rather, there is a greater, there is a greater kingdom that He's coming to establish. And so as we roll into Mark chapter 13, you need to understand where we've come from. We're coming from a mindset of this is not a a war cry. This is not a sword in hand kind of a kingdom that's being brought there. There is a greater greater kingdom that is being referred to here. It is an eternal kingdom. It's not a temporal kingdom. It is an everlasting kingdom. It is not one that has a time stamp. And so we see that the disciples are still not understanding it and they're still saying, hey, w- when is this going to happen? What's, w- when can we expect these things? They're still looking for a time stamp. They're still looking for uh, a war cry. And Jesus has pity on them enough to tell them in chapter 13, verses 24 through 27, But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then uh, they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then He will send out the angels and gather His elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. We see that Christ is coming and He is going to defeat death. He's going to conquer death once and for all. He's going to do it on the cross. He's going to be raised to life to give us assurance and to validate the sacrifice that He does. But death is defeated because of Jesus' work on the cross. And it has no victory. And it has no sting for those who are in Christ. And all enemies of Christ are defeated because of His work on the cross. We recognize that, that this humble and zealous for the things of God, not quibbling for the things of the world, this kingdom that looks like that has victory. But there is coming a day 
Jesus ascends to heaven and He's going to return. The Son of Man is coming in clouds with great power and glory. There is coming a day when we recognize that even though Christ has conquered death, and even though death no longer has victory, my mom has passed away, and you've probably lost loved ones. There's coming a day when Jesus is coming back, and He's, he's going to destroy not just death in its eternal sense, but He's also coming to stop the timestamp of it and the temporal essence of it. And so He moves on. From there, and in chapter 14, we see this beautiful thing. They're, they're still trying to figure these things out. They're still trying to, to understand. And on the eve before Jesus is going to be betrayed, before He's going to be crucified, Jesus has a Passover meal with His disciples. In chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, His disciples said to Him, Where will you have us go? and prepare for you to eat the Passover. And he sent two of his disciples, said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, um, the teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready there, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went into the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And it's there in verse 22, as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood, the covenant which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. The Passover was a long-standing meal inside of uh, Jewish history, Jewish tradition. And what they would do is they would take these three matzah uh, crackers. It's a square piece of bread, had no leaven in it, so it was like a cracker. They had three of them. They would take the middle uh, piece of matzah early on in the meal and they would break it. And then what they would do is they would take the larger part of the broken piece and they would hide it somewhere. Now, after they had had the larger meal where they had the lamb and where they had had uh, all of the, the, the fixings and the, the bulk of the celebration and the food had been eaten, it came time for them to bring back out that broken piece of matzah. Now, like I said, there were three and they removed the middle one. We recognize and we have understanding now that it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. By taking out that middle piece, they're saying the second person of the Trinity, he is, going to be, he is going to be crushed for our iniquities. He's going to be broken for us. And they go and they get it back out. It's called the Afikaman. They bring that uh, piece of matzah out. And there's celebration that it's been brought back and that the meal is going to be a stat or is going to be finished and it's going to be complete in this, in this last and final bit. And so they take that afikamen and they break it and they hand it out. And it was during that time when the thing that had been broken and was now raised back out into the supper, it was at that time when Jesus took the bread and broke it and said, 
Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the disciples recognized that He was instituting something new, that the one who was broken on their behalf, the one who is put away and then is raised back out, that is Christ. That is Jesus. That's how He's going to accomplish this kingdom. It's not going to be through sword. It's going to be through suffering. It's not going to be through riding on a white war horse. It's going to be through humbling Himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And then the last cup of the evening, there's four cups, and the last cup, is, or the third cup, excuse me, it was during the third cup, the cup of redemption, that Jesus took that cup. And He said, this is my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus showed the disciples exactly on that night, exactly how He was going to bring about the kingdom. He was going to do it through His body and His blood, suffering on a cross so that we could have salvation for all of eternity, and so that death would be defeated. It would have no victory. It would have no sting. So I hope you've enjoyed our time of study together. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we conclude the Gospel of Mark.